It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Coming at you live once again from the uh, home studio, South Austin Onion Creek Home Studios. It's Hook them up with Ian Rod B, but we are back up and running on Twitch and on our YouTube channel. So if you want to watch from the home studio, you might see my little dog barking here Chelsea. every now and again. Chelsea, she's our, <laughs> our mascot here in the home studio. She keeps us, uh, she's our guard dog. Uh, also, uh, we're talking all things Longhorns. Never apologize for a win, folks. Longhorns get the victory. It came with uh, probably a lot more gray hairs, maybe some uh, you know, heart palpitations for you. It was one of those kind of games. I can't remember a game that was uh, that back and forth, that roller coaster. It was. Uh, it was. It just seemed like, I mean, it was just great drama because it just seemed like the Longhorns were going to run away with it. You kept thinking to yourself, man, they're going to dominate K-State. We all thought this would be a close game. We thought it was going to be a slobber knock. It was going to be a fight down to yeah, the wire. It turned out to be the game we thought it would be as far as a down-to-the-wire yeah, kind of game with a backup quarterback. It just, just took a weird way to get there. Up, yeah, right. The build-up to it, it was a little bit different. The crescendo was different. But you know what? Turned out, hey, it was still great drama. If you're a college football fan, you love it. If you're a Longhorn fan, probably a little bit more you know, stressed than you needed, but that's okay. That's okay because they had a backup quarterback. Sometimes you, at this point, you've got you to win ugly, and that's okay to win ugly. It's okay to win ugly. And your defense, celebrate you know, the, the good, your defense with a goal line stand to win the game. That's their second game-winning goal line stand of the season. Yeah. Now, you may argue – they had 20-plus point leads in those games. It should have come down to that at one point. But still, hey, you'll take the dub and take your team, pull it out, yeah, having, yeah. having a clever that clutch G. You know what's funny about that? Yeah. It's, it's not a, it's, they're not a great team. They, they have some great players, and they play great in stretches. But, but great teams, if you want to label a team great, they, they finish games, they finish drives, they, they, they put people away. Yeah. Uh, those are great teams. Texas is a really, really good team that has some fundamental flaws, and especially when they're playing with a backup quarterback. Uh, and, you know, that was the, the precarious part. The game was – it was crazy how this game went to where you felt like Texas was going to blow it out. Then the block punt and the touchdown right before the half kind of made you wary where it was only a 10-point game at the half. Uh, here we go again. But then in the, to start the third quarter, the Westlake Shap duo, Michael Taff and, uh, and Ethan Burke, forced turnovers that set up a quick touchdown and, you know, in a field goal. And now you're, you're back up to 27 to 20. You're in a good place. You're up 20 points at home. And then the meltdown begins, the right? meltdown happens. <laughs> Next thing you yeah. know, it's 27 all. And you're like, how did that happen? Exactly and now right. you're thinking, oh, man, now we have this quarterback who is really head spinning. Spiraling. Well, how are we going to go win this game? And that's why I would say through all the gray hairs and the heart palpitations and the frustration, just enjoy the win. Take Enjoy it. the win. As you said, the yeah. best run defense in the, that we've seen in Texas in a long, long time. They held them to their lowest rushing And a resilient total. team that, that finds ways to win. Lowest rushing total since 2014, yes. That's 
That's a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's a top five running team in the country. Yeah, you're going to have to get your blood pressure medicine updated and all that kind of stuff for this team. This kind of feels like that's what they are. Exactly. They're going to make it tough on themselves. but uh, They win in the fourth quarter. And Sark said that, too. I believe I forgot what time in the game they had that interview with them. And he brought it up, you know, because she was talking about, I think, how things were getting close. He's like, this team wins in the fourth quarter. That's, what, that's who we are. We're going, you know, we've got to find a way to win in the fourth quarter. I love how confident he is in this team's, you know, ability to close out a game, to have that type of football character and that type of football grit, team grit. Um, it just shows you just that the culture of the team right now is in a really good place to win games like that. And there's also some good fortune. You need much like with Dana Holgerson hey. in Houston. You needed, uh, you, need us, okay. you needed a coach to make a decision that's very questionable, and that's okay too. That well, You took advantage of that. I can't um, believe he did it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe it. When he was doing it, I was like, he's going to try to get him off sides. And I was like, actually, no, I think he's going to go, go for, for this. It. And I'm thinking to myself, he's got to have a money play. He's got to have a play. That he been he been holding in his back pocket. He's like, I know it's gonna work. I've been saving it for the perfect occasion. This is the perfect occasion. It's a money. It wasn't even a money play. No, it was like it was just a simple switch yeah, route. Ryan Rotson made, like, made played good defense. You thought, man, you really underestimated the Texas pass defense, didn't you? You just thought. well, and I thought the uh, two previous plays that led to fourth down were pretty underwhelming. I mean, anytime they went a quarterback empty, you knew it was going to be a quarterback run. I mean, they Texas did, figured like, that out pretty quick. Yeah, you did. Uh, well, let's go to the the other headlines, top stories. Get you caught up. Then we're talking Texas football, the Big Twelve race all morning long, and uh, Cowboys as well. Let's get the uh, let's get the news. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. Longhorns now coming out of that thrilling 33-30 win over K-State, sitting at uh, number seven in this week's AP Top 25, sitting at 8-1 overall. In fact, uh, no change among the top nine teams this week in that AP poll week by week. Only move came with Ole Miss jumping to number 10 after their win over Texas A&M Saturday. Three weeks remaining in the regular season. Texas and Oak State are tied atop the Big 12 at 5-1 apiece. Mike Gundy's Cowboys are ranked 15th now after they beat 17th-ranked Oklahoma in Bedlam. Great game there. Kansas checks in at number 19 after they beat Iowa State in Ames on Saturday. Uh, also from college football, USC has fired off defense coordinator Alex Grinch after the latest Trojans lost 52-42. They lost to Washington on Saturday. Grinch's defense has allowed over 44 points per game in USC's last six. Uh, eat them up down in San Marcos. How about the Bobcats? Texas State bowl eligible for the first time since 2014 after their win over Georgia Southern on Saturday. G.J. Kenny's Cats now 6-3 and three overall, 3-2 three and two in Sunbelt play. They'll be at Coastal Carolina on Saturday. NFL Sunday filled with heavyweight matchups, including the Cowboys in Philadelphia, looking to knock off the division leading Eagles and had their chance. The Eagles held on for a 28-23 win. Frustrating for Dallas in the closing minutes. Dak Prescott moved them down the field at first and goal at the six-yard line and a chance to steal the win. But uh, two penalties later and a huge sack of Prescott by Josh Sweat and the Cowboys were looking at uh, th- fourth and goal from a long way out. Couldn't get it in. CeeDee Lamb caught a pass, came up short. They lose it five uh, and fall to five and three. Eagles improved to eight and one. In Houston, meanwhile, it was a performance for the ages for the Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud threw for an all-time rookie record 470 yards, five touchdowns to lead Houston to a wild 39-37 comeback win over Tampa Bay. Also yesterday, good one in Germany. The Chiefs roared out 21-0 over the Dolphins and then held on for a 21-14 win. Chiefs are 7-2. Baltimore is also 7-2. They wall up Seattle 37-3. And on Sunday Night Football last night, Joe Burrow and the Bengals won their fourth straight. They held off Buffalo 24-18. Week 9 wraps up tonight with Chargers and Jets on Monday Night Football. In the NBA, Mavericks beat Charlotte. They've improved to 5-1 on the young season. Spurs dropped a tough one in overtime to Toronto, 123-116. 20 points for Victor Wimbanyama in the loss. And speaking of hoops, tonight, Moody Center, Rodney Terry and his new-look Longhorns will tip off their regular season uh, facing Incarnate Word. Horns are ranked 18th in the preseason. Game will tip at 7 o'clock tonight. You can see it on Longhorn Network. 
Horror Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Yeah, um, Longhorns pull out a victory over K-State. The turnovers for Texas with a backup quarterback are an issue um, because not only did he have the the two interceptions, but you had multiple interceptions that were dropped, actually. Could have been as many as four interceptions. He put the ball in peril multiple, multiple times. Yeah, and, you know, he's still a young quarterback. Obviously, he's inexperienced, so he's still got to go through growing pains. That's expected. And he also missed some open throws, too. I mean, he he, he missed. Yes, he did. I mean, that's actually kind of the downslide starts when he misses the Xavier Rorty throw. Should have been a P.I. We all know that. Um, But Xavier Rorty had to step on that guy. They, I believe it, it was bump and run coverage still. Even after the Longhorns had already burned them multiple times, they went bump and run coverage um, on, man, I forgot what down it was. It was an early down. It was a first down. It was early down. I know that because I think we were on the live broadcast yep. together and we were talking about how he should run the ball, or at least, I mean, Jerry Hamilton was suggesting he should run the ball. And Sark decided to throw it, and I supported the the, the move because I think it might have been an automatic check that they were going to anyway. Yeah, they're playing press man again. They're playing we're press going. man against our guys that we're going – Think about it, guys. You don't have the big lead early on if Sark's not taking those shots when they're playing press man and aggressive man coverage, which uh, they play a lot of man coverage. I didn't think they'd be that aggressive early on. And they adjusted their game plan throughout the game, and that's where really Malik gets in trouble. And this we saw this with Quinn too, right? Think about the Alabama game last year. Not last year. Two, yeah, two, uh, in 2022, the Alabama game then, right? Uh, Quinn's one of his, you know, breakout performances just that first quarter Nick Saban's favorite coverage is man coverage and Nick Saban wanted that young quarterback to prove that he could make all the throws and Quinn also on the script (laughs) that they'd been working on and seeing man coverage which is the easiest coverage to diagnose you saw Quinn light him up because he can make all those throws yep and against uh, K-State, something very similar happened. They were on the script that Sark had already been working on, and they got the ideal coverage they thought they would get, man coverage, press man. And I think for Malik, and we've talked about this, his deep ball more advanced actually and, and translates a little easier than Quinn's deep ball when, when Quinn became the starter. And I think we've seen that, right, him connect on some of those deep balls and the success he's had. So that kind of it, – it, it really did fall right into – Texas game plan and right into Malik's strength and him being on the on the Sark script the first twenty plays after the script after they made adjustments and then after the interception we saw this the downward kind of spiral happen for him and that's because his confidence waned he was off the script so it wasn't as comfortable in terms of the plays that were being called then at a comfort level and you saw the adjustments by the opponent so. That's when you need Malik to be better, and he wasn't until he made some clutch throws in clutch time. Yeah, and I thought Sark called a great uh, series when they went 12 plays and kicked a field goal at 27-all uh, to take the lead. Uh, that was big because uh, your, your quarterback was reeling at that point. And, look, you can tell when a young quarterback is he, just not seeing the field. He and, was erratic, yeah. And it's like, oh, my gosh, uh, this is deer in the headlights at some level, and you got to kind of coach through that. And then he made some throws he'd love to have back. And you're just, you're just not, you revert to some old bad habits, right, and you're not playing with the confidence it's going to take 
But, you know, people are talking about Arch Manning. Well, you don't think Arch Manning's going to deal with the exact same, same thing? Same pains, yeah. He's not been on the field. I mean, yeah. this is why Quinn struggled at times last year uh, when teams would adjust to the script and adjust to what was working because that's what they do in football. They adjust. Uh, and young quarterbacks just haven't, you know, been through that process. You've got to go through it to learn it. And we're watching another young quarterback. So we'll get an update from Sark today on – you know, the health of Arch and if he's going to be available, when, or, or what they're thinking. Uh, we did see Quinn on the sidelines again without the sling on, but uh, no word. He was listed as week to week a couple of weeks ago. That's I'd also the- say to, to, to criticize Sark a little bit, uh, we did this on the live stream, and it's fair, to, it's open season. When they were up 17 nothing and moving the ball, and when, right when Malik threw the first interception, I do think Sark was trying to force something to Jonte Cook there. Jonte Cook was on the field. Sark has talked about trying to get the freshmen more involved, and that ball was never there. And they could have run the ball right in the end zone from there. K-State was kind of whipped at that point. Remember, they had run the end around to X-Man, and they had gotten yeah. down about the 26-yard line. And you're thinking, man, they're just going to be able to plow this thing. Uh, Jonathan Brooks is getting going. It looked like K-State was on their heels and getting a, little, getting a little tired. They should have saddled that up and just run that ball in, in my opinion. And uh, instead, you try to, to dial something up. I think they thought they were getting man coverage on Jonte Cook. Turned out they didn't. That's when they dropped into the zone, and he threw the interception right at the goal line. That's really when – his struggles began. Uh, at that point, he was never really the same after that pick, if memory serves. And his numbers would indicate it. He was really a struggling quarterback from that point on. And that's where, if I'm Sark, go back and run that football. See if you can plow that thing into the end zone uh, with some easy passes, some easy plays. He tried to make the big play and it ended up hurting. I'll, 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 and I agree with you, by the way. I don't disagree with you, but I'll just say this. Again, same thing I told Jerry, same thing I told you on the live stream. It's not in his nature. It, at this point, we have to know who Sark is. Sark's a quarterback. And when he's calling plays, oftentimes, vicariously, he's, he's thinking like a quarterback. And what would I want if I was in that position? And he would want to throw the ball. Yeah, you're right <laughs> about that. Wanted, I think that's what he's thinking. And I think that's why his quarterbacks love him. And I think that's why, you know, he, he calls plays really well for quarterbacks. And I think that's why he can get them back into a rhythm. I don't know if he ever got Malik into a rhythm. That's what worries me a little bit. Remember, we've seen him get Quinn back into a rhythm, and I love it. Right, that shows that he's got a special relationship with his quarterback. We've seen Quinn start out erratic and look bad, and then start to be able to get him into a not 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 all the time. Obviously, Oklahoma State game in 2022 different, but most of the time, think about that Oklahoma game this year. Man, that was amazing how Sark was able to get him back in the groove and get him back on schedule. I didn't see him do that with Malik. I seen Malik make some good throws late in the game, but he seemed erratic the whole time. Yeah, and I don't know if Sark ever got him back into a groove, well, into I mean, a rhythm, and that concerns me a little bit. Too. No, no better example than the the interception early in the fourth quarter. That was a screen pass. I mean, that was an yeah, easy play. Let's design something to get our our running back yeah. in space. And obviously, Jonathan Brooks got knocked or got caught up in traffic, and he still just he threw it to nobody. He threw. I it, think he, he thought like the lineman was a guy. I, so know. I don't know what he did. Yeah, he thought somebody was supposed well, to be he did, there. He did that he last week. Remember, he did that with the first pick against BYU last yeah. week, where he just. He, he panicked a little bit and let it go. Then that's a ball you just throw into the stands and throw it up over your running back's heads. But either way, uh, all right, let's get Rod's rant. This is good stuff right here. Talking Texas football, Longhorn sitting at number seven in the country, but uh, um, a, heart, a heart attack waiting to happen all year. Think about that, Rod. Had they gotten a goal line stand against Oklahoma, they, I mean, this is what these games are coming down to exactly pretty right. much on a week-by-week basis now. Uh, I don't know how, how much more of that the Longhorn fans can, can handle, but uh, here comes TCU. Let's get to Rod's rant. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite 
and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, I got to just take some time and give uh, some praise to C.J. Stroud and what he did. I gave you a couple of stats to put his performance um, into perspective for those out there who didn't get a chance to watch it. So C.J. Stroud broke the single-game rookie passing yardage record, <laughs> 470 yards, all right? Um, he also, how about this, on first down alone, he had a perfect passer rating of 158.3, throwing the ball on first down. He was 16 of 19 for 298 yards, four touchdowns, and a perfect passer rating, throwing the ball on first down. It was a, a, a hell of a performance for him. And if you go look at it, not only was he uh, great there throwing the ball on first down, but he was he he basically. Um, if you go look at his overall pass rating, 147.8, he had more yards passing in that game than some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time have ever had in any single game in their career, including guys like John Elway, Brett Favre, Russell Wilson, Jim Kelly, Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Terry Bradshaw, you know, Johnny Yu, Andrew Luck, I mean, you name it, Cam Newton. It, it was an extraordinary performance. And he also had a perfect pass rating, throwing the ball on first down, passing in the second half, <laughs> and on the final game-winning drive. He had a perfect pass rating on, in all those situations. On the final game-winning drive, passing in the second half, and passing on first down. It, uh, it is. It is something to watch, man. It's uh, unbelievable. And it, 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 it takes you back to the loss at Carolina last week, which is like, well, that was weird. That just didn't, they didn't play that. well. Uh, but, you know, they've beaten now Pittsburgh at home. Pittsburgh's a winning team and a very good defense. They've beaten Jacksonville on the road. Um, you know, this guy, I mean, it's not like he's putting up these numbers against nobody. This was a pretty good pass defense the Buccaneers bring to the table. But, uh, you know, he's, he's got the poise and the leadership of a 10-year player. He's, he's never rattled. Uh, speaking of Malik Murphy, right, he'll learn his way as a young quarterback. But uh, C.J. Stroud is completely in control. Even last week when they were struggling against Carolina, you never saw him panic. He got frustrated at times. But, uh, boy, the quick release, Rod, if you combine his quick release with his anticipation and ball placement, mm -hmm. like he anticipates the route, but then he can put it right where he wants to. Uh, and then you saw yesterday, he's got a little of that dog in him, Ron. He's got a little of that dog. That that when when Baker, look, give Baker Mayfield, the Lake Travis Cavalier, a lot of credit. He went down and put his team ahead, and he played a great game yesterday against Houston. And, uh, but I also have to add this to, to C.J. Stroud. He's doing this without a running game. And without what you would call a legitimate all-pro receiver, and the O line has been a mass unit all season long. Yeah, and they lost another guy <laughs> yesterday. It's just yeah. like uh, it, it's, it's a flawed team. Yet he's covering up a lot of flaws uh, with his ability to anticipate. I mean, that you know, the one thing he reminds me of more than anything is Drew Brees. Uh, when Drew, his early anticipation of a route, yeah, to where he's throwing the ball and the accuracy to go with it. To where the ball's coming out and the receiver's turning and it's it's where it needs to be. You throw a guy open instead of throwing yes. to an open guy. Yes, you throw, throw a, open. yes, and, yeah. and but and you're seeing it before he even does, yep. which tells you the understanding of the defense and what they're trying to do to yep. you. Uh, he is really, really a talented player. There's, I mean, the Texans obviously have their guy. The touchdown he threw 
on the uh, on the wheel route in the back corner of the end zone to Tank Dell yesterday was mm-hmm. just golly. Yeah. I mean, drop it in the bucket. I mean, because you practice that rod throwing, you're trying to drop it on the back corner pylon, mm-hmm. right? That's essentially what you're trying to do when you're practicing it from 40 it's yards over out. Over the head of the defender, right. And you want it to land on the pylon in the yeah. back corner of the end zone. That's where it would have landed if Tank Dell hadn't caught the ball. No. Uh, this guy is pretty special. And then they had 300-yard receivers because obviously they threw the ball so damn much. Uh, Noah Brown, uh, Dalton Schultz, and Tank Dell. That Dalton Schultz pickup was, it's been money. He's been a go-to it, it, guy. He really has. He's been such a great He kind of works with CJ. Like, he can tell when C.J. needs a play, yes. he, he wiggles his way open There's and a finds a spot. Veteran savviness to yeah. his game. Uh, yeah, I mean, but like you said, the Cowboys have Jake Ferguson, who actually is playing really well, too. Um, so, Cowboys fans, that wasn't a dig at you. I'm just talking about how he's playing really well for the Texans. Uh, the Tank Dale pickup looks even better now. Keep in mind, C.J. Stroud, there is uh, audio. We played it actually earlier this, uh, I think, earlier this year of C.J. Stroud essentially – saying that he suggested to the Texans that they draft Tank Dell because they were working out together. And so you even got to give him credit because that's who he went to on that game when he drive. Tank Dell was his guy. Yeah, well, and he's he's the perfect <laughs> slot. Nico Collins, a good player. John Mechie's supposed to come back at some point, uh, the former second-round pick out of Alabama who battled cancer. Uh, but you know this is a guy you're going to you're going to at some point they're going this is a San Francisco 49er based offense that D'Amico Ryan's has brought with uh, with Slowick Bobby Slowick the OC yep. they're going to develop a run game they just are and that's what's really scary for the AFC yeah. is that when they get the run game going which I think they will because like there's teams in the AFC like Kansas City and the Dolphins who really don't try to run very often right yeah. they they don't mind Joe Burrow doesn't try to run the ball much Houston's going to run I mean they're going to be built I think a lot more like the Niners than than the you know then people than they are right now when they get the right personnel in place. But either way, it says Noah Noah Brown better than Gallup. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, this season yeah. Yeah, Noah, yeah no, 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 Gallup no dropped yeah. another one yesterday yeah. that was, no, no was first down that was right in his hands. Yeah, no doubt this season. This totally says guys, would you take Dak or C.J. Stroud? You would oh, take C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud all day, every day. And Dak, by the way, Dak's playing well. And yeah, that's Dak not a knock on Dak. That's he, just yeah, he displayed that big Dak energy yesterday. But right now, C.J. Stroud is playing. He is in the process of having potentially the greatest rookie season for a quarterback of all time. Well, through like, that, he, he, you're going to be able to make that argument if he stays on this pace. Yeah, and through eight games, <laughs> he's having the best first half of a rookie season of all time. Yeah. I mean, you, you, not even close. If he stays on his pace, you'll Because he's playing like an all-pro. I mean, he's 14 touchdowns, one pick. He's 103 it, passer rating. Just I mean, let you know that, once again, I say this all the time. It not only is quarterback evaluation inexact science, I, I, I've always said nobody really knows what the hell they're doing. They're like three or four guys all time, like Bill Walsh, you know, but like Andy Reid. There are a few of them that know what they're doing when it comes to quarterback, but for the most part, nobody really knows because if you did – there wouldn't even have been a conversation about C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Yeah. But none of us really know what the hell we're doing. We're just throwing blank at the wall and seeing if it sticks. And that, I mean, well, this you guy don't know how certain players are going to react in that in that moment, in yeah. that in that fighter pilot mindset. Hey, cognition, a cognition test. Yeah. I think did. he did okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, his cognition co- might be his, his strongest attribute yeah, right now. Yeah, so that cognition ability to read a defense quickly and get not, the ball out of his hand. Yes. All right, we'll come back when we do. There's Rod's rant. We'll go back to the Longhorns in the win, 33 to 30. It's flawed, but it's a win. Number apologize for a W. Longhorns are sitting in the top seven in the country and eight and one with three to play. Also, the Cowboys, one that got away yesterday. That one was there for you, and the Cowboys couldn't take it. Frustrating loss for Dallas, obviously, and it's a big loss because now they're a couple of games back of the. Uh, Eagles in the division. We'll pick up all those. It's a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Glad you're with us. Bullish or BS before the end of the hour. We roll on. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Paper. Austin, Texas. 
weekend of football. Longhorns with the uh, gray hair inducing win. I already have a lot of gray hair, Rod. I now have more. Uh, all right. Heart all palpitations right. with good. the Longhorns win it. Uh, with an all-time performance on defense, and uh, that's going to lead to our Viking Fence defensive play of the game. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll get that coming up, but obviously we know what it is, right? It was the uh, fourth down stop uh, where Ryan Watts looked like he was in man coverage but switched and uh, took took Sonat out of the ends, out of the uh, backfield. Game-winning goal line stand. Which uh, made Beautiful. Will Howard double clutch, which allowed the pressure to get there. Uh, Tavondre Sweat thought he had himself an interception. Uh, on the play before when he knocked Why that ball up. Why did he try up. to catch it like that? Oh, he wanted it. He was mad at Bender for but knocking it. But he tried to catch it, like, <laughs> with his pads. You saw that? Yeah. It's like, dude, dude, I saw him on LHN big, after. He's like, man, I'm about to get my pick. Those big giant mitts you got, reach them out and go grab that thing. I think it would have been like a, a Nerf toy in your hand, man. He probably grabbed, he, I think he, he did himself a disservice by trying to catch it, absorb it with his pads. Go out and grab it. He's a great athlete. He should have did it. That old boy is making himself some money. Um, um, he right now is, I think Pro Football Focus has him as the highest graded D tackle right now uh, in the country. And he is like a top five highest graded defender currently in the country by Pro Football Focus grade. So, yeah. he's. he's Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. He's in war daddy too many, status too many, now. Oh, war daddy. I mean, that's yeah, like straight up. someone who wrecks a game. I don't know how many times the uh, – you know, the, the the running back for K-State would get the ball, and Tavondre Sweat would have shed his dude and was waiting for him. Just, just standing there. there. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, like, damn, dude. Just like, I mean, no, but it, he is. But he's been playing. I don't think he's had a drop-off all season. He's been that dominant all season long. And it almost kind of overshadows how good Byron Murphy is. I, I don't know if Texas has had a D-tackle combo this good since – Honestly, since I was on campus with Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers, and they're not close to that, by the way. They're not – Casey and Sean were on a different level. But I don't know if we've had a D-tackle combination this good since. Uh, combo then. for sure. I mean, there have right? been some good linemen. I mean, I'm just having Brent. a combo of Roy it, Roy Miller was a good player, really good player. But, yeah, the combo, yeah. The combo? I mean, I mean both but, of them are but, playing but, like but top ten D-tackles. Right, and they, they, they have the effect that Sean Rogers and Casey Hampton did. Both – I mean, they just you just can't move them. You can't run the ball. Uh, and that's where – you know, if the Longhorns can handle their business the next three weeks, they're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at TCU. But we know with this quarterback right now, if Quinn Ewers can't get healthy, that they're gonna, it's going to be hold your breath. But they can win these games based on their defense and their, their athletes. And A.D. Mitchell playing great. Um, you know, Jonathan Brooks, he battled through an ankle injury on Saturday and was still outside of that fumble. Was just, How many tough yards did that guy pick up for oh, you man. in that game? But, you know, these are winnable games with TCU-Iowa State, whose offense really struggles. That, that Iowa State offense is really going to struggle against this Texas defense. Um, but, and then Texas Tech on Black Friday. You win those games, you're most likely playing Oklahoma State. Because Oklahoma State, after getting through Bedlam in that controversial finish, but what a finish it was, they're now facing BYU, UCF, and Houston. So they have three very winnable games. If they win them, you're going to see them. And, you know, what do they do best? Ollie Gordon. They do Ollie Gordon the best. He's yeah. been the best running back in the country for the last six weeks. Uh, but you stop the run very well. You do. Yeah, and you would put the game into Alan Bowman's hands at that point, which, again, your, your defensive backs have struggled yeah. at times. But Yeah, um, if you, if you, you go, honestly, if you don't pass first against Texas, you just that's, – that's bad coaching. I, I, to me, at this point, right we that. got enough of a sample size where 
you don't even have to be necessarily an elite passing team. Like, look at the K-State. They just came out like, all right, we got to throw it. Like, they made they some plays. Have, uh, you could argue they came out pass first in that game. And like you pointed out, don't play the foolish bump and run press man early yeah. on that they probably win that game. Yeah, they were coming out trying to prove a point. We saw it you got of, proven. Right, we saw U of H pass first, and that was – talk about one-dimensional. They, they couldn't throw it and didn't even try to try to run it. They, I mean, they couldn't run it, didn't even try to run it. They were one-dimensional and made plays because they had good wide receivers on the outside and they had a quarterback that could throw it. Same thing with you, uh, with Oklahoma. And Oklahoma didn't try a traditional run game. They had a non-traditional run game. So it's pretty clear you don't run the football with a traditional running game on Texas. You better you better throw it. And if you throw it, you only got a certain amount of well, time before they're collapsing that pocket. You're right. And let's also <laughs> say this, though. That, that, that big, that K-State team who, yeah, if they had had a different game plan, may have been a different outcome for them. But they were the defending Big 12 champions. They came in here as hot as any team in the conference. And Will Howard's a veteran quarterback, and when he gets hot, he gets on a roll. He's a pretty good player, right? He, the, op, the opposite is bad. You know, the bad Will Howard is bad. But they, he got comfortable after, um, you know, they, they got that shot of momentum with the two quick turnovers. But they abandoned and they the running game. And they abandoned the running they, game. They just said, you know what, we can't run. Why, why are we right. pounding our head against this brick wall? Right. We can't run. Let's just throw it. Uh, but you, <laughs> so you're seeing a veteran quarterback there. Next week you'll see Josh Hoover, who's a freshman quarterback. Pass first team, though. Pass first you team. you got a pass first team who runs the same offense. That Oklahoma runs. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much the same offense. Now, they don't have the players that Oklahoma has, but they do have twitchy, speedy wide receivers on the outside. They don't have the old, they don't have the old line that Oklahoma did to yeah, block Yeah, their lines Texas. of scrimmage at TCU are really, yeah. really rough right That's now. That's going to be their issue. That is. Blocking Texas. Uh, uh, so, yeah, and then, you know, Texas Tech has got a, you know, they're, they're down to their third quarterback right now. And Iowa State's going with Rocco Becht who's a young guy who you know, might be good in time, but he's their learning his way. Their defense is what you're concerned Their defense is good. Yeah. They got two, they've got two really good corners. Uh, was it TJ Tampa's one of them? they got two really good yeah, corners. Well, ever though. since his injury, my thought was if you can get Quinn back for the Iowa State game, now you're, you're, you're feeling good because that, that, that's going to be that Jim, John Heacock defense and mm-hmm. on the road in Ames. You never know what the weather's going to be there. Uh, can't go on the road and turn the football over. All right, some other thoughts. A good, bad, and ugly Monday. Uh, Longhorns are sitting where they want to be with three to play. Uh, good times in Austin to, to be back in the top ten in the country. Uh, the college football playoff rankings will be out on Tuesday night. And uh, we'll hear Sark today at 11 o'clock. Also, uh, how about this, uh, Rod? Do you realize that after Cincinnati, Cincinnati's win last night on Sunday Night Football, if the playoffs started today, all four AFC North teams would be in the playoffs? All four AFC wow. North teams with the Ravens, That's Bengals, crazy. Steelers, and Browns. Browns beat Arizona yeah. yesterday. Uh, so, yeah. Impressive division. Yeah. It really and, is. And, and, of course, Buffalo taking another loss yesterday. Uh, Miami took the loss to the Chiefs uh, where they got outscored 21 nothing early. And then they pitched the shutout. Game swung in, in Germany, Rod, right on that uh, that fumble, lateral fumble oh, Tyree, touchdown. The, Ty, oh, yeah, Tyreek Hill, Hill fumble, got the ball stripped. And then they, yeah, they lateraled it. That was a, that was a very heady play, man. That was a hell of a play. <laughs> that was a hell of a play, man. It was like, involved like three different guys, too. <laughs> that was a great uh, play. Because you th- kind of thought with Tua and, and, and uh, Mahomes you'd get a shootout. Instead, you got a defensive struggle where mm-hmm. both those defenses are pretty good with Bradley Chubb and Jalen Ramsey back on the Dolphins' defense and or the way the Chiefs play defense these days and cover people. Um, it was more of a defensive game than, than maybe you thought. But, yeah, the AFC North right now is dominant, and the Ravens best of the bunch. Well, because they got 
I believe the Ravens and the Browns defense. I haven't looked at statistics. They're both top five, close to top five defenses. Yeah, Browns are real the good. Browns are really good, and the Ravens and they defense faced, is they really good. They faced Clayton Toon yesterday. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the quarterbacks in the NFL right now are probably helping that because like a third of the teams are playing backup quarterbacks or something like that. But there were still, like seven rookies that started yesterday. Exactly. This uh, weekend, seven like, rookies. If I told you guys, I'd say, man, you better make sure your backup quarterback is right, and there aren't enough of them to go around. I still don't know how Cole McCoy is not playing. I still don't know how Cole McCoy is not playing. I don't McCoy think Cole wants to play. He's got, it's got to be that. I'll go back to that it's interview I heard that. him do with Colin Cowherd it's the week of that. the Texas OU game, and he said, you know, I'm just taking some time. It's got to be that. Because he, he was, he was gut-punched when, when the Cardinals cut him after he had led the entire offseason, led training camp, and thought he was the established starter, and then, I, oh, I you're cut. I know he's getting calls now with all these quarterbacks I think he's having ex- to play. enjoying what he's doing, I guess. No, good for him. Because I know he's doing some analyst work, too. It's online, like YouTube stuff. But he's working for um, – I forget the name of the actual channel, but he's doing, like, some online analyst work. Good for breaking him. Breaking down. And he's really good at it. Like, really good. Well, I will really, also – Really, really good at it. Hey, we'll get bullish or BS before the top of the hour, including uh, the Heisman Trophy winner in tears after a loss. What are your thoughts on that coming up, Rod? But how about the incredible story from the Minnesota Vikings? They beat the – can we just go ahead and fire the lot of them in, in Atlanta? They lost at home, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, oh no. I know they what went – What did Arthur Smith do now? Well, they went to their they went to their backup quarterback uh, Taylor Heineke, who may actually be better than Desmond Ritter, and they lost the game at home to the Minnesota Vikings, who had a quarterback Josh Dobbs, who oh, just got just there got on Tuesday. There. Yep. Because the starting quarterback that they had, they because they because Kirk Cousins got hurt, hurt his Achilles, so they bring in this rookie from BYU. He was one of the seven rookies to start yesterday, but he got hurt, took a concussion in the first quarter, hmm. and so here's Josh Dobbs on the field. Think about this whirlwind. This guy got there on Tuesday. They he didn't get any reps. Because they give, they're giving all the reps to the rookie, trying to get him ready for yeah. his first start. He gets hurt in the first quarter. Well, now Josh Dobbs is in there taking snaps from a center he's never played with, wow. throwing balls to receivers he's never played with, wow. a playbook that he doesn't know. I mean, he made no five plays, maybe, and he won. He won. They won the game. <laughs> Come on, man. How does that happen? Come oh, on. man, if you're Arthur Blank in Atlanta, you're going, really? Yeah, you're going, what the blank? What the blank? <laughs> Can't win that game yeah. at home. I got Bijan now, and you're still taking Bijan out in red zone spots. What are we doing over here? I don't understand. What, yeah, I know he wants to be like these mad scientists, but some of his stuff, he's just overthinking it, taking Bijan off the field or not having Bijan. You know, I mean, I'm with, if you can have not have him in the backfield, but you got to have him on the field. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a weapon. you got to have him on the field. Yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't get like a call from the ownership on plays like that. Where he's deciding, now nah, I'm taking your top ten draft pick off. Well, the remember field. that was the conversation. It's dumb to take a running back in the top ten. Well, it's certainly dumb to take him and then not use him. Yeah. Like if you're going to use take a rookie running back that's that's dynamic over run the top, run the wheels off of the guy. Yeah. No, <laughs> While you got him on a rookie deal. Uh, yeah, but 31-28 was the final, and Josh Dobbs ran for a touchdown and threw for a touchdown. He's now done that for two different teams. That's pretty special. Uh, what he pulled off yesterday from college football, Rob. We mentioned Alex Grinch fired at USC. And, you know, the top nine hasn't changed. You probably think that the, the rankings will stay the same uh, come Tuesday night for the, for the committee, right? Ohio State and Georgia 1-2, however you want to rank them. Uh, Buckeyes were trailing to Rutgers at the half, 9-7, to but then blew it open in the second half. Yep. Big uh, pick six was the difference there. Georgia, it was a good game. Their game with Missouri was a pretty good game. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz's team is uh, better than you think. They can um, throw the ball, man. They can, they and really Georgia can. beat them. Uh, Michigan, of course, Shellac Purdue. Uh, we'll see if anything's coming with Jim Harbaugh this week. Florida State still 9-0. Washington went into USC and then uh, put up 52. 
with their great running back. It was a more, even the running back overshadowed Michael Penix because against USC and Alex Grinch, you can run the ball. <laughs> you, yeah, you can, can run the ball. Oh, you can you can do whatever you want to do. Really, they just Washington. They that they gave that game and broke tendency too because they was a team that threw it a lot and they decided you know what the best course of action against this team for us. Run the rock. Yeah. Ran for, what, 300 yards? And then there's Oregon at 8-1, and one, and then Texas at 8-1. and one. Look at it. You can already look towards next week, right? When Washington plays Utah, Florida State plays Miami of Florida, Michigan plays at Penn State, mm-hmm. uh, Georgia plays Ole Miss. That's a top-10 team nice right team, now. Yeah. And Ohio State will play Michigan State and kill them. But uh, numbers two through six have uh, games. I mean, now Oregon plays USC this weekend. Wow. So, you know, six – Five, four, three, and two are all playing games they'll be favored in. But, you know, Georgia Ole Miss, Michigan, Penn State, Florida State, Miami of Florida, uh, Washington, Utah, Oregon, USC, while Texas plays at TCU. So handle your business. Hey, and, I, man, uh, you got to give Mike Gundy some credit. We talked about that record uh, last week versus Oklahoma. He was, what, 3-15, and 15, I believe, prior to that yes, game. And found a way to win it. But I'll throw this out there, too. I also told you all, if he's a home dog, that's when he's at his best. I believe he's won now 10 of his last 11 straight up as a home dog. I had him as one of my five picks. I had a good week. Oh, man. I had a good week because uh, they got, he was getting six points at home. At home. That's and like he also had the friendly officials in his pocket. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, yeah, it does help you a little bit. Like, I'm not rooting for the Sooners, but at the same time, there was some homer bad calls uh, with the Big 12. Bad, or no calls. Horrible too. calls. Horrible calls. No good, very bad, horrible Terrible, that, that none that calls. game on its ear a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, that's where we said Longhorns are sitting at number seven. Uh, we're also talking NFL on the weekend there, and the Cowboys' uh, disappointing loss. Uh, it's not to bash the Cowboys. It's just what else? They don't run the ball. And it's you, you watch, if you watch this game yesterday, Rod, you saw the Philadelphia Eagles try to self-destruct. How about the play where they almost fumbled the ball when they went? A.J. Brown ran into DeAndre Swift on the jet sweep and almost gave the Cowboys the ball. Yeah. I was like, what are we watching here? This is comical. Because like, the Eagles were trying, and then the Cowboys – they they go down the field on like three different eagle penalties, long pass interference call with Jonathan Bradbury. To, they're trying to give it to then you. a personal foul, yeah, and then another penalty, and all yeah. of a sudden you're first and goal at the six, and with 27 seconds to go, you got this. You got it. You got all the time in the world. Yep. You can run it. You can throw it, and false start, delay of game, sack. You end up third and goal or fourth and goal from you know way back. That sack was was critical, and Terrence Steele, your right tackle, did not play a good game here, and uh, you end up losing a game that you you should have won that game. You should have finished that game. Very reminiscent of the end of some of the playoff games. Oh, the Cowboys, just brutal. Where you, yeah, where you're your own worst enemy. And now the Eagles go off into their bye week, where Dallas Goddard, their tight end, he fractured his forearm in that game. He's going to be out for a while as he got kind of ripped down as uh, yeah. the Cowboy defender was trying to strip the ball from him, and then they went to the ground together. Uh, so. But the Eagles, now now they get a week off. Get healthy. With Jalen Hurts to kind of get that knee right. He took a shot right on his knee. That was brutal. And now they got a two-and-a-half game lead on the yes, Cowboys, Yes, and a week that off. Uh, that, that, was, that was significant. Yeah. And that's a game you, you, you're going to – I mean, obviously the Arizona game stings. That game was right there for you. Yeah, it was. That's, that's the thing about it because uh, you always bring up the quote from Lincoln Riley, right, uh, which is talking about uh, performing at a high level in critical moments, right? Yeah. Critical execution and critical moments. Yeah, and that's what the Cowboys lacked, essentially, in that game, in the most critical moment, in clutch time. Cowboys were their own well, worst Well, you enemy. said it right, and Cowboy fans can weigh in on the text line, 512-447-3776. But, you know, you, you say they've kind of given up on the run because they don't run. But from the six-yard line, if your offensive line is already in a lean-back stance, the D-line knows they're passing. Yeah. They know they're passing. 
And that's one of the best pass rushes, if not the best pass rush in the league. And you're telling them that even from the six-yard line, we're not running the ball. Uh, and then your guy jumps off sides because he's trying to get a quick, quick step. Um, it's like, golly, you got your Tony Pollard's your franchise player, y'all. Uh, you're giving him $10 million to not use him. He's got 12 carries yesterday. Your quarterback threw it 45 times. I, I'm, I'm with you know. I agree with everything you're saying. I'm just trying to hypothesize as to why no, I they've get you. abandoned they just, a running game, and I think they've abandoned because Mike McCarthy said all offseason we want to run the ball, protect our quarterback. They're doing the opposite, but you're well, yeah. you, you are sometimes reality hits and you you, you miscalculated. You screwed up because everybody told you you need running back. You could have drafted one, you didn't draft one. You should have got one in free agency, didn't get one in free agency. Should have traded for one. Put a trade in. Derek didn't Henry was there one. to be had. So the the, the Cowboys' strategy was hope at the running back position, and now it's coming back to bite them because hope is not a strategy Look, I, was, I, was, I agreed with the strategy of letting Zeke go and franchise tagging Pollard, but then you got to use Pollard. I mean, I, 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 it doesn't make sense, but you just laid it out perfectly. Yeah. We come back. We'll go bullish or BS, including what did you make of Caleb Williams in tears hey, in his man. mother arms in the sideline? matters to him. matters oh, to him. We'll get to that coming guy. up. A lot of people had some blowback to that too. <laughs> bullish or BS coming next on Hook 'Em Up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hey, appreciate everybody tuning in, however you do this morning and every morning, our five-hour morning sports conversation, Austin's only sports morning conversation. And it's Ian Rod, but uh, those who are watching on YouTube, maybe on Twitch, they said my voice sounded like uh, Tyler Coe, like like three octaves too deep. Oh, something with I remember the, Tyler <laughs> Coe. TC. Nice. Uh, but, yes, it's uh, apparently okay on the app, and if you're just listening on the radio, it sounds normal. Sound, so we'll try sound, to get sound that. screwed up? Yeah, well, I sound like I'm way out here. It's screwed uh, up. It's screwed and chopped. Hey, uh, bullish or BS on this, Rod? It's time for bullish or BS. Let's do it. Uh, let's play this play, and you agree or disagree with me. This is uh, bullish as the Viking fence defensive play of the game for the Longhorns on Saturday. Howard looking. Howard scrambles. Howard lets it go. Incomplete. And Texas survives. 33-30, the final in overtime. All right, there you go. Bullish, uh, any doubt that that is the Viking fence defensive play of the game? No, it's a game-winning goal line stand, second game-winning goal line stand of the season for Texas. So, uh, no, that's a hell of a play. And I like that, you know, Ryan Watts bounced back. He was assignment sound. Turns out that was who they were trying to attack. And they, had, they had attacked Ryan Watts a couple of times. Um, and they successfully done so down the field. Uh, but they're in the red zone. You saw him uh, play with a lot of uh, – a um, lot of uh, discipline as a player, and that's what basically led to the play that Will Howard ended up turning and throw it away. Well, I would also oh, should have been a pick. Yeah, uh, I would also pick nominate man. Ethan Burke's strip sack fumble, which, by the way, hey, Big 12 officials, that took way too long. Like, that review took entirely too long, yo. Uh, it was pretty obvious in real time it was a fumble and yeah. that he was laying that. with his butt on the ball. He never controlled the ball. I don't know what they were taking so long doing. I think every Longhorn fan was thinking, we're about to get screwed. We're about to get the hose job. But that was huge right there when you consider the big picture of the game. Yeah. To to start the second half, to get that fumble, to Jonathan Brooks then plow it in, and you take a 20-point lead. You needed every 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 bit of it um, because your quarterback was you know about to go implosion and uh, your team was about to melt down uh, as they, they come back in that game. But that one was huge. And how about both the Westlake Shaps? By the way, Westlake had a good weekend. They uh, wrapped up another perfect regular season and a district title. 
They'll play McNeil this weekend in the playoffs. And then uh, Michael Taft with an interception, his Taft third straight Daddy. game. Ballhawk back there. Taft Daddy, baby. And I then, know. no, nope. Ethan Burke. And by the way, how about Ethan Burke coming like two weeks after having a little operation on his knee, according Dad, to our friends at Inside yeah. Texas? That was, that, that was news to me. That's amazing that he bounced back there. I mean, Sark did say he was practicing and looked good. But I think we all thought, okay, he's just. Remember, he had the knee brace on for a couple games. Then he got re-injured against Houston. It's amazing. And by some reporting, our buddy Jerry Hamilton said he heard that he had a little scope to clean some things out in there. And now he's back playing. That's amazing. I mean, making plays, two and a half what, sacks. What did uh, what did start calling the mechanic? Was that? Was, did he you called say? him work. He called him a, uh, the mechanic. Yeah. Did he call him like a mechanic? He's working <laughs> like I guess. I was like, I was like, what a weird nickname to have, but it is complimentary. Lunch he bell, baby. Just goes to work every day of day. Doesn't matter. Uh, all right, bullish or BS? Bullish or BS? This? Paul Feinbaum. Um, he had something to say about Jimbo Fisher. He said, quote, I'll say this again about Jimbo Fisher. That was his fourth loss. He still has to go to Baton Rouge. Um, he said, I don't know exactly what conversations are going on, but the feeling in Oxford, which is where I spent yesterday, was the book on Jimbo Fisher's closing. I think what Andrew and people are trying to figure out here is, if we make this change, then who comes in? Bullish or BS? Jimbo Fisher, the book on Jimbo Fisher is closing down in Aggieland. Yes. Uh, and, again, it's not a $70 million decision. It's a $10 million decision because if you don't fire him this year and you fire him next year, you're saving $10 million. You still got to fire him. You still got to fire him. <laughs> He's owed that contract. You have guaranteed it. So whether it's $70 million or $60 million or $50 million, however, you're going to have to eat a ton of money. You think he's all, all of a sudden going to turn this thing? Can I give you some stats on it? Yeah. Six and 12 in the last 18 games versus Power 5 schools. Nine straight road losses. Only teams worse are Northwestern, Temple, and Hawaii. 10 and 11 in the last 21 games. Five straight losses to Mississippi schools now who are supposed to be on a different level than they end up when it comes to talent. And even Lane Kiffin, poked, Lane Kiffin you know, took a shot at actually the roster of the Aggies, essentially saying they got way more talent than – Oh, missed us. Hey, do you they know? Uh, and beat hey, we'll we'll pick this up as the week goes on too, and throughout the morning. But Caleb Williams in tears in his mom's arms. In the like after they lost, he jumped into the stands, and he was visibly weeping that they lost. Does that look good for him or bad for him with NFL GMs, or does it not matter? I don't think they care. I don't think they care that much about that kind of stuff. True emotion, or because yeah. of course you get the, uh, the the folks on Twitter. He's soft. He's soft. It's, he's a mama's it, boy. You know, Maybe seem a bit unbecoming. There's a lot of stuff like that about quarterbacks these days. It ain't like the Will Levis was eating banana peels with his banana and putting mayonnaise in his coffee either. By the way, Caleb Williams won his fault. 312 passing yards, three touchdowns. Exactly. Ran for a touchdown. Come on now. 27 to 35. He's actually got about better numbers this year than when he won the Heisman last year, but his. Defense is historically bad. Alex Grinch fired, by the way. Fired. For everybody that says he's soft, the other side will say he's passionate. Yeah. It matters to him. It does. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Hey, we come back. Hook him up. Rolls on.